I say life begins at 70 because for me, life has sort of begun at 70. I'm more active now than I've ever been. Talking with people about how to have a great retirement. This is the Rock Your Retirement Show. We don't talk about money, but we talk about almost everything else you need to rock your retirement. Now, here's your host, Kathy Klein. Hi, this is Kathy, founder of Rock Your Retirement. I started this show because many baby boomers think that retirement is all about money, and it's not. Think about it. It's very difficult to go from spending 2,000 or more hours a year doing something to zero. For the first six months, sure, it's fun, but then you might hit a wall. Many divorces also happen after retirement because the couple isn't used to spending so much time together. Depression can also set in. We want to help prevent that, and so that's why I started this show. Our guest for today is Alan Mendel, and Alan's novel, The Closer, became a bestseller including being listed on Amazon as the number one paperback in new sports fiction. His new novel, The B-Team, about horse racing, also became Amazon's number one best-selling paperback in new sports fiction. He also dances regularly in the San Diego area and works as a tour guide for Friendly Excursions, the tour company he founded more than 45 years ago. For him, his speaking topic of Life Begins at 70 certainly fits. One of the things that he's been doing and getting great pleasure from lately is conducting beginning creative writing workshops. Today, he's going to give us some tips on writing a novel or memoir. So, Alan, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kathy. It's my pleasure. Yeah, I'm so glad that you're here. I mean, I have always considered writing a book, obviously not my memoirs and probably not a novel, but I'm so glad that you're here today to give us some tips on how to go ahead and start writing a book. Well, first thing that you could do is attend one of my creative writing workshops uh, throughout uh, the greater San Diego area. I'm kidding, of course. (laughs) You would certainly be welcome because we open it up to anybody who comes in. Most of the workshops that I've been doing have been at retirement communities. And it's been splendidly uh, satisfying for me to deal with older people, to get them to write. And you'd be surprised the talent that's, uh, that's involved, Kathy. I wanted to ask you, why do you say that life begins at 70? I say life begins at 70 because for me, life has sort of begun at 70. I'm more active now than I've ever been in my life. And I've been very fortunate since I turned 70 including uh, being involved in Senior Olympics and writing the novels, having them published, having them be uh, semi-bestsellers, et cetera, et cetera. So, and then I keep dancing and doing other things, and now a whole new area in terms of speaking and delivering the message of Life Begins at 70. It's an inspirational talk. We have a lot of fun in the process, but the message is loud and clear, and that is don't give up, keep going, have fun, keep your dreams alive, and, uh, and and just have a good time. Now, are you more active now than you were when you were younger, or did you just sort of continue your activity as you got older? I would say I'm more active now. In fact, I uh, seven days a week, uh, 
10, 12 hours a day working, having fun, that sort of thing. That's, that's, that's my life. There's no such thing as Sunday or a day off. It's just a lot of fun for me. <laughs> that's great. What did you do before you are, – are you retired now? I am not really retired, actually. I still work for and with the tour company that I founded many, many years ago. I've actually been involved with guiding tours and uh, orchestrating conducting and uh, co- coordinating the sales and and uh, development of the tours. Too. Did you say diving? No, I, I did not say diving. Guiding, I'm sorry. Oh, guiding. Okay, I'm I, sorry. <laughs> I, I, although sometimes I would like to dive under a bus seat uh, at, <laughs> when I'm doing my tour guiding, to tell you the truth. So because some people people ask questions and and sometimes I'm not able to answer but I do have a stock answer, and that is that I guarantee that at least 20% of what I tell you is the truth. <laughs> but I never tell you which is the 20% and which is the 80%. Oh, that's you funny. Get guess that. You get to guess that. So. so what types of places does your tour company go to? Mostly in the western United States, uh, Kathy, uh, San Francisco. We have a tour leaving later this week going to Colorado, uh, doing some train rides up there. Uh, Grand Canyon we do, Sedona, uh, Catalina, more local, obviously, uh, that sort of thing. Well, that's fun. Are most of your, the, the tourists that come on these guides with you, are are they from the California area or are they from all over the U.S. or from out of the country? Most from California. In fact, we have developed groups in both in Northern California and Southern California, but we've also developed groups in Washington and Oregon and Arizona as well. In fact, we have a group from Arizona coming over on Labor Day to go to San Diego of all places. Oh, awesome. <laughs> so, uh, there's no rule. Uh, we've had groups that have contacted us about doing tours of the California missions, for example. Oh, that's uh, really cool. Done some sports tours. In fact, we've got some Seattle Seahawks fans, and they're going to join us for New Year's in San Francisco because the Seahawks are playing against the San Francisco 49ers on New Year's Day. So we're combining a New Year's celebration tour with a football game. Alan didn't know that I was going to ask him about his tour company. So I don't know, Alan, do you want to give a plug for the website? Oh, sure, sure. Friendly Excursions is a tour that primarily works with older people. Most of the people that travel are retired people. We do mostly motor coach tours, but we're open to any tour that uh, a group might uh, want to develop. And most we work with groups. Primarily, okay. and groups of what size? Whatever size, whatever size. There's no minimum and there's no maximum. Okay, and is that friendlyexcursions.net? It is friendlyexcursions.net. And thank. You. Okay, great. Well, I'll make sure that I put that in the show notes. So basically, the people who come on your tours are also potential people who might want to write a novel, right? <laughs> That's that is right. That is right. <laughs> so it is kind of a a cross fertilization going on here. And some of them even like to read, and guess what? Whether they want to or not, they get a copy of The Closer or The B Team either way. And, of course, I'm joking. uh, (laughs) I I never force anybody to read anything, but but you know what? If they're sitting in the bus and they have a long ride ahead of them, them, why not take a, a book from somebody who happens to be on the bus with them? Oh, that's fun. So do you keep the books with you, or do you tell them to go on Amazon and download it to their Kindle? I tell them I just happen to have bought some copies <laughs> of the books with me. Wonderful. And if they acquire it, 
uh, I insist on signing it whether they want me to or not. Is tip number one to always market your book wherever you go? <laughs> <laughs> I think, Kathy, I think you could definitely be, uh, uh, in addition to what you're doing, uh, a promotion agent as well. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the beauty of writing is that you automatically have a conversation piece. Wonderful. So, and you can steer the conversation into your book. I love it. That so. is really awesome. That is so cool. So that brings us into how to write a book. And how did you decide to write your first book? To be truthful, I've been writing for a long time. I, mean, I started with, in my late 20s, actually, wrote a novel that fortunately was never published. When I turned close to 60, I decided to really take it seriously, and I worked very hard. I felt as though my novels were publishable by traditional publishers rather than self-publishing, and so I went that route, got a little lucky, found a publisher uh, in Pennsylvania. In fact, for my baseball novel, I had multiple publishers interested in the work, I guess primarily because it's about a knuckleballing pitcher, and the <laughs> knuckleball was very popular at that time. And you mentioned My Life Begins at 70 Talks. I always begin by giving people free knuckleball lessons, whether they want one or not. <laughs> so I bring my glove and ball with me and, and demonstrate. And, and actually, recently, I had a lady say, well, I'm going to demonstrate it. So she wound up and fired a knuckleball right at me. I dove one way, and uh, the, fortunately, the ball went the other way. Oh, good, good. That could have been dangerous. Indeed, indeed. Wow. So for my audience member who is thinking about writing a book, what's the first thing that you would tell that person to do? Don't get stuck, meaning if you have ideas, flow with the ideas. Let them go as opposed to stopping and, and editing every word that you write. People have a tendency to take a look at their own work and say, hey, this is no good. I've got to redo it, etc. I suggest that people go all the way through with whatever a draft that they're going to do, whether it be an essay or poems or short story or, or a novel, a memoir, whatever. whatever. So I, I don't like to see people get stuck. And, and that serves me well, and I think it serves folks well, too. Are there any tools that people can use to write, or do you just, you know, pen and paper? Do people even have yeah. typewriters anymore? Or <laughs> I believe in just writing in whatever form, whatever form or whatever format somebody feels comfortable uh, writing with and in. Personally, I always have a notebook and pencil with me, and I write in longhand. That way I can feel like I'm a writer, and I've had the good luck to be able to write virtually any place that I am. Uh, and again, the idea being just right, and then you can edit and synthesize uh, later on and, and, and see what, what you have and whether it's worth continuing. And I think in most cases, it definitely is. So your clients are usually people who are writing fiction, correct? Yes, uh, yes and no. Uh, personally, I don't care what people write. Uh, I just want to see them write and just, just to get started with the, with the concept of writing. Uh, many people are scared to write, and they're certainly afraid to to present in front of a, a group. And my my experience has been that, that once they overcome that, they feel comfortable, and, and the writing really, really moves forward. So again, my goal is to get people to write, and I don't care what they write about or how they write. Typically, what we do as a group is we're very supportive. 
By that, I mean the members in the workshop, very supportive. Uh, I'm pleasantly surprised because usually when somebody presents, everybody claps afterwards. And then, then we talk about the good things and then maybe make a suggestion or two as to how the writing could be improved or bettered in some fashion. A lot of people have a tendency, Kathy, to cut me off if I'm rambling here, but a lot of people have a tendency to to summarize as opposed to bringing the reader right into the right into the piece that they're that they're working on. And so, t- typically, the comments we make is that's terrific, but we want to get closer. Uh, one lady, for example, was writing about turkey, a Thanksgiving Day turkey, and the <laughs> fact that that the turkey was a pet that was going to be eaten. And it was a wonderful story, but she spent about three three sentences on it when all of us wanted about 10 pages on it and the build-up and how that worked and so on and so forth. Yeah, I would. And I would want to not eat that turkey if it was a pet. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. And, and actually, the people involved did not eat the turkey, as it turned out. Oh, good. So, so can I tell you a short story? Please. I grew up sort of in a urban farm. My mother legally changed her name to Earth Child in the 70s. And for a while, when I was a teenager, we lived on a commune. I know my listeners, they're going to start laughing. Really, Kathy? You lived on a commune? That's great. Yes, That's I, great. Yes, I did. But we, um, when we lived, before we moved to the commune, we lived in a regular house on a regular street. And for a while there, I had a pet sheep. I would walk the sheep. You know, finally the neighbors, I think they made a petition to get us kicked out of that neighborhood. <laughs> this what a, that's a great story. This was before HOAs, but this actually isn't the story. So it's just kind of a background for my mother. This is my mom. So later she moved into this commune, and I lived there for about a year. It wasn't really my thing. So when I was a teenager, I left. But my older sister moved in a few years later, and she um, she got a goat that that they were going to raise up and probably eat later. So her children wanted to name the goat, and my sister said, "You can name it, but the only name you're going to give it is dinner." <laughs> <laughs> and so that's what they named the goat. <laughs> wow, well, that is that is. Can I entice you into coming to one of my? I'm, I'm doing a beginning workshop over in uh, in Rancho Bernardo, beginning in, in September. Can I entice you to come and bring that story, write it up, <laughs> and present it to the group, and we can critique it and so on and so forth, and have a lot of fun with it. <laughs> we'll so talk that's, about that's it after great, the. We'll talk about great, it after this after the okay, show. Okay, <laughs> that, that's a great story. One question I have is the sheep. Did, when you left, did you? Being the pet sheep with you? No, I moved to Alaska. No, I wasn't oh, allowed okay. to. And and I don't oh, remember okay. what happened to that sheep. I I don't uh, okay. I don't know. My mom had a spinning wheel at the time. I know she made some uh, wool, but um, okay. I don't know. She okay. probably ate it. Knowing my mom, she probably ate it. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. Well, you see, we want to delve into this story deeper. Okay, and then no question, it's a great story. If you're free in September, come on over and write up that story and we'll have some fun with it. Okay, thanks for the invite. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> okay, yes. okay. Okay, so the first thing that you would say is delve deeper into a story. But what if you know you want to write, but you can't think of a story? What do you do? Mm. 
again, that's why I encourage people to write, and I don't care what they write about. It doesn't have to be good. It doesn't have to be especially meaningful. Just the process of writing and getting used to the process and enjoying it. And I, that's one of the tips that I that I give is be sure that, that you're enjoying the process. Okay. So, like, maybe get a journal to start? Sure. Sure. I have a lot of journal writers in, in my groups, and, uh, and that's a great place to start. In fact, one person recently was reading right from their journal, and we discovered that they had a story right within the journal. That is fantastic news. Okay, great. So start writing, and don't limit yourself. Like, what's the word? Don't edit? Is that what you're trying to say? Don't edit. Just don't, don't edit. Just let it flow. Uh, the way I put it, the way I put it, especially if you're going to write something longer or even shorter, is, and, and the way the reason I got started writing seriously was because my characters, because I had had the ability to create some interesting characters, their lives were more interesting than mine, and I wanted <laughs> to go with them every day. And so that's what I did. And so, so if you can just get started and try to create an interesting character or characters so that you want to be with them and, and let them decide what they're going to do, yes, you are overseeing, but let them kind of run the show, you might say. Okay, that sounds good. You go along for the ride. Awesome, great. So that's tip number one. Don't edit, get all the way through each draft, and then edit after you've done that. So what's tip number two? You need to decide whether to write in first person or in third person. First person, of course, you get closer to the narrator. Third person gives you a wider scope. We discuss the advantages to first person versus third. I, even though my novels have all been in third person, I really like to write in first person. And I like it when people write in first person because, because I think it really enables us to get deeply into the character. So third person would be more like newspaper writing or... Yes, he or she, he or she did this, that sort of thing. First person is I. Okay. I did it. Okay. So, or I was thinking, I was anticipating, whatever. So a memoir is probably always going to be in the first person. Yes, but it doesn't doesn't actually have to be. I mean, you know, it could be in third person actually if one clarifies that's what one is doing. Okay. But yeah, sure, you're I mean, you're right. It's probably easier to do in first person. Okay. Perfect. Okay, great. So consider how you're going to write the book first or third person. And then what's your next tip? I encourage people never to be afraid of writing dialogue. People for whatever reason, they don't like to write dialogue. To me, dialogue is the easiest thing in the world as long as you're true to your character. And again, once people start writing dialogue, they like it. They enjoy doing it. And uh, so, and again, that becomes a window into the character effectively because uh, you're showing how the character thinks, how the character talks, that sort of thing. And again, as long as you are true to the character. If you're writing about a street person, talk in street language. If you're writing about an erudite professor, well, then you have to be high, more highfalutin. That makes total sense. Although I think maybe a, a professor who talks in street language would be more interesting <laughs> than an erudite <laughs> professor, depending on your point of view. I guess it depends on what the professor is teaching, right? <laughs> right. That is, that is correct. And then I go into, I explain to people that they don't have to, to stay in a, a continual time frame. They don't have to start with the beginning 
go to the middle and then they can start where they want and they can go back and then they can go forward and so on and so forth. I think some of the best stories are, are written in, in different time sequences. So what do you mean? Are you talking about like Star Trek where you start with the um, sequel or are you talking about something else? What do you mean by that? Sure. That's a good example. Uh, you can be in the future if you want and then bring it back to the past and, and then current. A lot of people think that they need to write a beginning, middle, end, and I encourage people to start in the middle of a scene because the middle is often more interesting than the beginning is. And then you can fill in the beginning of the scene a, a little bit later. So is what you're talking about what I would consider to be flashbacks, where you're thinking about something that happened in the past? Sure, absolutely. A flashback is excellent. Backstory is excellent. Uh, and I encourage people to, to intersperse current, present story with, with backstory and bring us into the present as much as possible and bring us into that character. You with your sheep, for example, right? <laughs> How did you acquire the sheep might come a little bit later. And then what's going to happen to the, to the sheep uh, that can come later on, too. We kind of know what's going to happen, and we're concerned about that. <laughs> so if that, if that makes sense. And then my final point, Kathy, unless you want me to pretend I'm erudite here, uh, <laughs> is just be sure that you have fun in the process. Writing can be fun. It should be fun. And again, my own concept of, my characters are more interesting than I am. I like to be with them, and that, that's my excuse for writing. Well, that is excellent. You know, that is a great base for the listener who wants to start a book. I really, you know, that was fantastic. Thank you for sharing those tips with us. My pleasure. My pleasure, indeed. And I still want you to come over to Rancho Bernardo in September and bring that sheep story. <laughs> but as you said, we'll deal with that later on. Now, what about for my listeners that aren't in San Diego? What tips would you give for them if they can't attend your workshop? Are there places online where they can go and get support? Or, you know, what, what, would, what advice would you give to them? There are a lot of writing workshops at, at different levels. Just four or five people getting together and, and forming a workshop. I mean, you'd be surprised as to how many there are. A lot are on Meetup, meetup.com. For example, that might be a way to plug in writing workshops and see what comes back. Uh, or you can form your own, form your own if you've got some people that want to, and then just enjoy the process and then maybe at some point take it seriously. It is amazing how many times Meetup is mentioned in this show. <laughs> you know? They should pay me. I don't, I don't disagree. So. <laughs> That's, that's right. You know, I love Meetup, actually. When my husband and I got married, we didn't have any couple friends. We, we moved to a different area. Both of us, you know, I lived in East County in San Diego. He lived in Encinitas. And when we got married, we wanted to move to a new location and make some new friends. So we started by going to a meetup that was for everybody. It was called Fun Friends. And we met a bunch of people through that meetup. And then we decided, you know what? We want to make some friends that are couples. And so I started a meetup called North County Young at Heart. And we met some of our best friends through that meetup. That meetup is still going on. It's still, yeah, it's still alive. I don't nurture it as much as I used to. So if you're a listener and you want to help you know, couples get together, 
let me know and I'll make you an assistant organizer. <laughs> Isn't that great? That's, that's terrific. And for your older uh, listeners, Kathy, there's a there's a meeting, and I think you'll you'll laugh when I when I, it's called Get Off Your Rockers. Get off your rockers. Is that a meetup? Yeah. That's a meetup group. Get off your rockers. And I they do love all, that. They do all kinds of interesting things, and in fact, I've come into contact with them because. I do morning workout stable area tours at Del Mar Racetrack, and they love that idea, and, and it's the second year that they have actually joined me for my workout workshop program, and we have a lot of fun. They get behind the scenes, but they're very active, and, uh, and, and I think that it's a great group. Oh, well, I love that. Absolutely. So get off your rockers meetup. Now they just got a plug. Now they're going to be flooded with people who want to join. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And they're all going to want to be on your program. That's a new experience for them. Absolutely. So if you would like to be on my program, go to the website, rockyourretirement.com. I believe there's a telephone number on there. I think it's 858-something-rock-it. I I don't know. Go to the website. Absolutely. Rockyourretirement.com, and the telephone number is right there, and you can call and leave a message for me. There's also a way to send a message through the website. So thank you so much, Alan, for coming on the show. Would you like to give out your contact information? Sure. People can email me, no problem, at Solana Beach, S-O-L-A-N-A-B-E-A-C-H, Alan, A-L-A-N, at yahoo.com. Great. And I- I answer all my emails. Wonderful. That's fantastic. For the listener who wants to get those five tips that Alan talked about, you could either furiously write or you can get them for free on the website. Just go to rockyourretirement.com slash novel and you can download those five tips. So thanks so much, Alan, for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. My pleasure, Kathy. It was a lot of fun, and I still want to find out more about that sheep. (laughs) (laughs) For my listeners, we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. And maybe at some point, I'll get you the story on the sheep. Thanks for listening to the Rock Your Retirement show. If you are rocking your retirement or know someone who would make a great guest on our show, please send us an email at podcast at rockyourretirement.com. Hi, this is Kathy. When I'm not hosting Rock Your Retirement, I'm helping people with their Medicare insurance. One of the times you need to check your Medicare insurance is when you've moved. To get my free guide, Five Things You Need to Know About Medicare When You Are Moving, just go to medicarequick.com slash move. And in the meantime, listen to these cool disclosures. Neither Medicare Quick nor its agents is connected with the federal Medicare program. Medical insurance licensed in the states of California, Florida, Nevada, and Texas, and Medicare Advantage and Prescription Drug Plan service areas vary. California Insurance License 0797566. Oh, wait. I wanted to thank you again for listening to the Rocky Retirement Show. If you're a new listener, a good place to start is episode 116. This explains the six pillars of retirement lifestyle and 
our general philosophy. Episodes 1 through 236 can be thought of as an encyclopedia. These are topics that may or may not be interesting to you. You can listen to the ones that you're interested in and forget the rest until the issue becomes an issue for you. And that's okay. I actually don't recommend starting with episode one and working through until the most recent. That's actually not how the show was designed. Of course, if you want to do that so you can see how the show changed over time, you're welcome to. Now, starting in August, actually August 31st of 2020, we changed the format of the show. The monthly episodes starting with 237 follow a real retiree from her pre-announcement through her first year of retirement. There might be bonus episodes, but we're committed to monthly. If you've enjoyed any of our past shows or the show that you've just listened to and you want to support us, you can do so in any of the four ways. One, share this episode with a friend or family member who needs to hear it. This is the most important way that people find us. Since our audience is typically older, we grow by having our listeners share our episodes with others. Two, subscribe to or follow the show using whatever podcast catcher you're listening on right now. Now, if you're listening on your computer, you can listen on your smartphone by going to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, iHeartRadio, Spotify. I mean, I believe on all of them. If you can't find us on the podcast catcher that you'd like to use, send us a note on the website at rockyourretirement.com and we'll make sure that we get on your favorite podcast app. But basically, what you do is you download the app and then you search for the show and when you find it, you'll hit subscribe. Make sure it's the Rock Your Retirement Show and that you hear my voice when you listen. Um, actually, there were some episodes where Henry Shapiro was a guest. Uh, we, we actually downloaded some of his episodes. So if you hear him, it's probably still the the same show. There were maybe 34 or 35 episodes back in the beginning that we hosted on our show uh, when he decided to leave podcasting. Number three, how you can support us is by leaving a review. Whatever podcast app you're listening to normally has the option of leaving a review, either a written review saying how great the show is or just with stars. Five stars is typically the best. And of course, we're shooting for those five-star reviews. And if you tell us why you like the show, what you liked about it, it's actually easier for other people to understand what the show's about. A lot of people, when they find our show, they think it's about money. And of course, by now, you know that it's not. Number four, if you'd like to support us financially, of course, we're always appreciative of that. Just go to rockyourretirement.com slash support, and it will take you to our page where you can support us financially. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Rock Your 
retirement. Bye.